What's up, guys? Welcome to another Friday night show with Will. This is episode four. Um, hope you're all doing great. We got Ray in the chat already and a few others. So awesome. Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. So as you all are quite aware, if you can't read the title, we're talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. Um, something I meant to talk about when it came out, and I just did not because <laughs> making content on the internet is really hard, especially when you try to be on all of the platforms at the same freaking time. So, yeah, it gets a little bit overwhelming. Uh, new guy in the chat, Eugene1981. Hello, dude. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, man. So, anyway, like I was saying, I was trying to... Um, I was going to do a TikTok review of Once and Always when it came out because it was something short and I feel I felt like that could have been, you know, good enough. Um, but yeah, I just got in a funk and didn't feel like recording it or filming it or whatever, doing all the work. So we get this tonight, which is probably better because I can talk about it at length because um, I do have quite a lot of thoughts about it, especially now that more time has passed. So, yes. Hello, Carlos. Carlos is in the chat. Uh, so, uh, just like last week when I did the Rise of the Beast uh, review, I'm sticking to my little format where I picked three things I liked and three things I didn't like, but considering the content or the subject matter uh i'm imagining i'm gonna talk ad nauseum about this because why wouldn't i you know what i mean so these are just kind of three points to kind of keep me on track keep a little you know fluidity and structure into this freaking thing and uh yeah man we'll just go right into it so starting off with once and always, uh, let's just start with the things I liked. Okay. Uh, so first thing was the attention to the lore in this special. Um, at the end of at the end of it, they put a. It's not really technically a writing credit. It was more like a research credit to Jackie Marchand. Um, and if you are unfamiliar, if you're a younger Ranger fan or if you're newer, uh, Jackie Marchand was one of the writers on, on the show from season... Well, I think she worked on it from season one. And then I think by the third season, she was like heavily involved in the writer's room and she stayed in the writer's room basically all the way up until the end of RPM. And then she left the show. So they, uh, Becca and Alwyn, who were the writers for this special consulted with Jackie uh, to just kind of double check their homework with all of the lore beats that they were using and just like everything surrounding the world. And that that has meant more to me than any of these cameos that they've ever done in all of these anniversary specials, because 
I mean, if you guys have ever talked to me, um, you know, I could speak at length about like the lore and how much I, I really appreciate it. And I love when they do lore well, because sometimes you can overthink lore and make it too convoluted and make it kind of weird. And there's even instances of these same writers doing that, which we will get to later in the things I didn't like, but they, they were really smart to find someone who had experience in this universe because i mean like i said jackie worked on the show for like 17 years and i'm pretty sure she made one of the first series bibles that the show was ever using um you know for like all of the rules and and just like how things work and stuff like that so it meant so much to me that they actually reached out and consulted her and 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 got that feedback like that meant so much to me and i wish she had been involved in previous specials because that would have that would have saved them so much trouble and it, it just it just saves you like all this like restructuring and rethinking you have to do later uh because now you know becca and alwyn have since kind of like not really retconned but just kind of like um provided explanations for stuff that I feel like if somebody who was a veteran writer of the show had been there from the start, wouldn't have been issues to begin with. Not everything, obviously, because some things happen just because the current writing team at the time is in a position where they have to write something that doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, anyway, all that to say, I loved all the lore beats, all of the attention to it and the universe, you know, the name drops and stuff. I mean, it's all very surface level stuff, but when you're seeing the Bandora protocol happen and you're seeing like Astro Megaship, Reefside, Terra Venture, um, Terra Venture doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Although I guess you could say the, the colony forms a city called Terra Venture on Miranoi. Um, but yeah, I mean, like stuff like that is cool. You know, uh, Billy does name drop Miranoi. They mention Aquatar and the Equitians who have not been spoken about um, really since I think like Super Mega Force technically because, you know, they say Rangers of Aquatar and that. But I mean, just the attention to the world in this special chef's kiss it was terrific everyone did a great job um really good really happy that they did their homework on that part because especially with everything being as connected as it is i understand things can get messy very quickly so i'm glad they had help for this one so next uh we'll go into uh visual effects another thing i really liked about this special um some of it was a little weird here and there but I, I would say overall generally i really liked how this entire special looked um even the suits were kind of updated a little bit they had the weird like puffy collar things but those were just i don't know it's an aesthetic choice i guess um and kind of a throwback you know it, it's not that big a deal uh, but obviously the cuffs like the diamonds on the cuffs are a little bit more textured now so they look I don't know. I think it's maybe supposed to add a bit more depth to the suits or whatever without like 
changing them drastically. And I think they they worked perfectly fine, I think. And uh, like the real-time morph sequence looked really, really cool. I actually kind of preferred that to the um, stock footage recreation that they did. I get recreating the original morph, you know, like on the green screen or whatever. But if I'm honest, when I look at it, I don't think it looks that good. Um, they lit it weird. I, I don't know how they lit it. Um, it. It's always something to do with lighting in these in these uh, new age ranger things. But yeah, something about the morpher, it just felt like it was too dark. So it felt just kind of like flat and and like plain so yeah i wasn't really a big fan of the stock footage morph but i really liked whenever they morphed uh in real time i thought that looked really cool speed racer flubber even did a cool edit of it um where he kind of incorporates the kind of grid pattern that shows up on rocky or jason when they uh you know, do the zoom in and the helmet forms or whatever. He did a really cool thing, kind of like incorporating the stock footage morph into the instant morph. And it looks phenomenal. But uh, as far as the other visual effects, yeah, everything else f felt uh, kind of samey uh, for the most part. Um, pretty typical to what Rangers looks like now, obviously, because it's the same people who are working on Dino Fury and Cosmic Fury currently working on it. So, you know, uh, I wasn't too sure about the teleporting effect at first because I thought it looked very different. And then I kind of thought about it a little bit more. Sorry, I got a text. I don't know why that threw me off so much. Uh, I kind of thought about it a little bit more about that effect and what that would actually look like updated. And once I thought of it that way, it made a lot more sense. So, yeah, sorry. I was just putting my phone on vibrate so it doesn't go off. Uh and then I suppose visual effects can also kind of carry over into the CG for the Me Megazord, which I didn't like completely. I did like parts of it. So like the Zords. So my confusion with how that works is so apparently the models were sent to production by Hasbro and they didn't really make it themselves or something. I I'm not really entirely sure. But from what I can tell, the models they use in the special for the individual Zords, those are definitely some form of the Zap, you know, Megazord, Dinozords. Because those individually look just like the CG renders for that toy. But when it comes to Megazord mode and everything being combined, it looks nothing. <laughs> it looks fucking nothing like the Zap Megazord, like at, at all. I, I don't know what the model for the Megazord was, but it looked very blocky and kind of derpy, if I'm honest. 
I felt like the Zap model for the Megazord would have been a better a better you know model to use just because it's kind of Gundam-esque it I mean just purely by design I'm sure that was the designer's intention um because of how the scales are whatever but yeah it was like the CG was was fine I didn't have a problem with the CG like it was good for what it was but my issue stemmed more from the fact with the actual model being used for the Megazord just looking kind of derpy I feel like we've could have gotten something we could have gotten something that was like more proportionally I don't know like dynamic and just kind of looked cooler because you don't really I think they were kind of trying to keep the proportions of the individual dinosaurs the same while combined, even though, like, in the show, you know, as we all know, the proportions hardly ever match the toy because it's a guy in a suit, you know, so they they have to make uh, accommodations for that. So I don't think it's that big a deal if the proportions kind of change once it's in Megazord mode. And I think they were like trying to kind of do that or trying to keep the proportions the same, like throughout the whole thing. Um, but it, it just didn't really translate all that well. So uh, the fight looked good. The CG fight looked good. Um, but it's just when it came to watching the Megazord move, I feel like if we had a better like combined Megazord model to use that could have looked even cooler and kudos to them for actually making the effort to put a Megazord in this, in this special. Cause when we got it announced, I didn't think that was something they were going to do if I'm honest, because they've never really done that. Um, And I suppose you could argue they could have like just shipped the um the daijujin suit over in japan to you know new zealand to use it and just kind of do like a studio thing but um you know i appreciate that they that they tried something new and they probably couldn't have done that anyway because it seemed like this production had a really fast turnaround time just based on what Simon Bennett has said and just other people in general and just by how quickly the cast was there. Cause I mean, from announcement to the production actually happening to ADR to it releasing was, I was all like, I think less than a year, which is pretty crazy uh, when you think about it. So to pull off what they did, in that amount of time, I think is actually really impressive. So, and you know, it opens up the possibility to like improving it down the line for like other stuff they want to do. So we'll, we'll see how, what that, what, how that goes. And finally, we'll go into the final thing I, I liked, which is just kind of what this special represented and what it meant to all of the people working on it. Now, obviously, we didn't get everyone back. Um, I don't feel like that's ever going to be possible just for one reason or another. I mean, obviously, like, it's just not going to be possible at all now. But I think 
that was always going to be the case. I, I don't think we could have ever done something where, you know, every single one of them would show up. But this one actually made an effort to get everyone that could be there, there. Um, obviously, I think Austin can't. I don't think Austin can leave the country um, because he is awaiting trial. So that's what I'm assuming the reason was because that they filmed in September, I think, of last year. And at that point, he had already been indicted. So um, I know just like before that, I think he tried doing a con in Peru or some shit like that. And they were like, no, you can't leave the country. So obviously that couldn't happen. Uh, Amy Jo just didn't want to come back because I guess she just wants to do the comic thing. I feel like they could have, I don't know. I feel like Amy Jo could have done some ADR at least. Um, she might have. Um, maybe it wasn't just like stock kiosks for her. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like she could have been in it in that way or some kind of like video call kind of thing. But um, yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, especially especially seeing her and Kat like kind of have an interaction that would have been neat but uh, just kind of seeing it was pretty much except for Austin everyone who had ever been done wrong on that cast really got a chance to just kind of have a better final experience working on this show which I think is super cool it's long overdue, I think, pers personally. Um, this this is the kind of thing where it should have happened 10 years ago. This should have happened sometime around the 20th anniversary. And they had the means to do that. But, you know, Saban owned it. So that was not going to happen. So I'm really happy to see that Hasbro just kind of like bit the bullet and did this thing that, you know, people have thought about or thought that couldn't happen and finally just kind of make it happen and give these people closure on this chapter in their life. Because, um, you know, being part of something and then remembering the last time you worked on it kind of being shitty because of things that were like out of your control. Um, it kind of sucks. I, at least if I'm thinking of it in terms of how I, I would, you know, perceive it, I feel like it would be kind of hard for me to like associate myself with that thing so much because I, I don't know. I feel like there's some kind of, you know, there's a little bit of resentment in there. Cause it's just like, man, I wish this time could have had this thing could have ended better. And that way I could look back on it a little more fondly. I'm not saying they don't look back on it fondly because they tell so many stories from cons. And obviously it's been years and years. And at, at a certain point, you have to just kind of accept things for what they are. And I think that's kind of where a lot of them are at is they just kind of accepted that what happened back then happened. Um not that excusing it or saying it was okay that it happened, but just accepting that it happened, you know, and that they've moved on from it. And this put a nice little book end for all of them. So that, that part was really cool for me to see. 
like you, you could tell even behind the scenes that they were all just like excited to kind of get that. And I'd really, I haven't really seen a lot of press and like people ask them questions, but I'm really curious to just kind of like hear their thoughts about that of like kind of how that felt being able to kind of like have a redo of, um, you know, their quote unquote last time on set. So yeah, man. Uh, see, like I, I told you I could talk all fucking day about this. We're at things I liked and we're already 20 minutes because <laughs> I can just talk about this thing all freaking day. So now we're going to mention a couple things I didn't like. Um, and these are some of these things are nitpicky just because I didn't like them doesn't mean I didn't like aspects of them, you know? Uh, so yeah, so keep that in mind, you know, when I, when I'm talking about these things. So the first thing I didn't really like was the coin, the saber tooth tiger coin and how that worked. Okay. So men tries using the saber tooth tiger coin and it doesn't work. So, Supposedly because she has like vengeance in her heart or something like that, or she's like seeking revenge. So it like doesn't work. And, and so, okay. So Becca and Alwyn have written for a few Ranger series now. And the way they write Ranger series, their interpretation of the morphing grid basically kind of gives sentience to like these power sources that the Morphin Masters or whoever create. And so these like power sources can kind of just like pick and choose when to not work. And it's kind of annoying because it's like, that's not really how they've ever worked. Like, the, the first instance where they did something like this was, I think, in Dino Charge. It was definitely in Dino Charge. That was the first series they wrote for. Um, but I think the first episode where it happened was an episode about Chase, and he was being mean to Shelby for something. I think it was because she liked a boy band or, or something. And so because of that, his Energem stopped working, and he couldn't morph. It wasn't because of any intervention from the villains. It was just... Chase was being a douche, and so the Energem stopped working. And it wasn't until he acknowledged he was being kind of mean and apologized that his Energem started working again. So they kind of did that same type of thing here with men, where it doesn't work until it's like, oh, she's worthy. And I think that's kind of the point they're trying to get across, is that now... You know, Min wasn't worthy before, so that's why the Morpher didn't work. But now she is worthy because, you know, she did something selfless and, you know, kind of learned what it meant to be a ranger and be like an actual peril. But I feel like they could have conveyed that same message um, while keeping the coin functional. And I feel like it could have been a little bit more impactful. So like, so she tries using it for the first time in the juice bar, you know, with like the putties and all that and it doesn't work but my thinking is why not just let her morph you know in the youth center but she still gets her ass handed to her that's kind of my 
thing. So like she can access like this universe of power and like use all these cool things. Uh, but she doesn't know how to use them and she doesn't know what it means to use them. I feel like you can get across that same message while not doing weird things with how the power coins work because the power coins have never worked the way they worked in this special, you know, like if that were the case, Tommy would not have been able to become the green ranger, you know, because, because like the coin could have just decided, Oh no, no, no. The morphing grid only fights for good or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We can't do this. And I know like a lot of stuff has happened with the lore since then. And there's been like a bunch of like rules and stuff, but still like it, it's weird. Like the, the power coins have never like behaved the way they did in the special. So that part was just kind of annoying to me. I was just like, yeah, we, we really didn't need to do that part. I felt like it also would have helped with some stuff because like, um, you know, men kind of, she learns, she learns her lesson kind of, after the whole thing happens at the youth center and Zach and Rocky, um, you know, rescue her, which side note, terrific little fight scene in the juice bar. That was great. Obviously they aren't going to be able to have all of them do a civilian fight. So it was cool to see Steven Walter do it. Walter's freaking doing backflips and dudes like, like 50. That's fucking insane. Um, Anyway, but so you have that whole little altercation happen at the youth center or whatever, and men's kind of like, oh, shit, well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. And then they get ready to go to the palace again, and like they turn invisible or whatever, and Zach tells men to stay there, and she kind of like has an attitude about it again. And I don't know, like, I, I feel like they were kind of like retreading on stuff. Like they did, they did something kind of stupid with men. And I think it was just because they wanted her to get captured. I don't know. I, I feel like they could have done something that made a little bit more sense. Um, because it seemed like she learned the same lesson twice, if that makes any sense, which is kind of weird when the special is already so short. I feel like we could have really, we could tighten that up a little bit more. So uh, there's that part. Uh, and then we got the next little bit was the music. Okay. So Ron Wasserman, original composer for MMPR. He did the music for the special. Ron Wasserman has worked on so many things in the past 30 years since this. And I'm going to be honest. If I didn't know he was working on this special, I would not have been able to tell that he did, if I'm honest, because I didn't feel like the music hit as hard as it could have. I thought it was cool using the redux of the MMPR theme he did like 10 years ago, I think at this point. Um, it was cool including that. I think they could have used that a lot more in the special, if I'm honest. Why was that not the for in the end shot when the Megazord like finished off Snizzard or when the Rangers are morphing? You know, why isn't the guitar riff or like the guitar like build? Why was that not 
being used as the background music. Like, I, I don't know. It's just like, I felt like there were some really missed opportunities to kind of, you know, the, you bring him back to like evoke nostalgia and all this. And a lot of what he was doing in the special sounds very samey to what uh, Bert and Gnome have been doing in a lot of the Neo Saban and Hasbro seasons, if I'm honest. Because, yeah, they, they don't sound that different and they didn't really hit that hard and i don't know if that's like a sound design thing maybe that's why they have like the same sound design team working on the show so maybe they could have hit harder if things were edited a bit differently but yeah that that was kind of disappointing because like i i don't know maybe and also nostalgia can kind of like set your have you set your expectations like too too high because you're like hearing weeks before oh shit ron wasserman's coming back so they're gonna freaking go all out dude and you're just kind of like thinking of all of these you know you know memorable scores and stuff and then you find out yeah they didn't really use any of those and and it's definitely a choice to like kind of do something different to kind of just show progress because I guess you could look at it that way where it doesn't completely trap MMPR in that nostalgia bubble that it's that it struggles so much to break out of. So I don't know. I feel like there's pros and cons. I it just for me personally, in terms of like what I was expecting, I feel like the music could have hit a lot harder in this special it was still cool, you know, and it was especially cool at the end, uh, at the end of credits where they did that kind of 30 second version to kind of like splice up an opening credit sequence out of whatever they had for the special. I thought that was cool. That was a nice little thing they did not have to do. And I thought that was fun. And then uh, we'll kind of go into the last thing I didn't really care for. And it was this whole thing, this whole idea of Billy trying to bring back Zordon. Now, because of this whole thing, we got a cool explanation for why Robo Rita exists and all that. And again, that goes into the attention for lore that I really loved about this special, you know, because Jackie consulted with them, they really had a good grasp on all of the details of what happened, what has happened to the Mighty Morphin team. So, um, it was it was definitely a cool idea, you know, reconstituting, trying to re reconstitute Zordon, but doing Rita by accident. So it made sense. It was perfect. You know, that explanation was perfect. That was good. I really liked that. But I don't like this idea of Billy trying to bring back Zordon 30 years or I guess it'd be around like 25 years after the fact because Zordon has been dead for like about 25 years now because when was space 1998 something like that so you know dude's been dead a hot minute and so I feel like it's kind of weird especially in this story where everyone is grieving and Zach is kind of talking to men about 
how Billy was trying to bring back Zordon, and because of that, Rita came back and killed Trini, and kind of just trying to justify why the whole thing went down. And even with that justification, it really seems like a shitty reason. Because, I mean, Trini still died, and she only died because Billy wants to bring back someone who's been dead for 25 plus years, you know? And that just seems very weird to me. I don't know why Billy has this, is even thinking about this. Um, Maybe it's something they will explore or elaborate on more in Cosmic Fury, because Billy is showing up to some extent. We don't really know how much he is showing up, but we know he's going to be there at some point. Um, And it is solidified even more when we find out at the end of the special that he's going off into space. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a context clue. You know, he's going to run into the Cosmic Fury Rangers out in space. So, yeah, that whole idea was... Yeah, I don't know. That that idea was weird. Um, it makes sense for the plot of this special. I just think it's a weird character choice for Billy. Yeah, I feel like Billy and company should definitely be over that and should be should be moved should have moved on from that, especially when they are grieving with men and trying to be there for men. And, you know, especially with helping her with her grieving and like kind of moving forward without a parental figure. It seems kind of like hypocritical, I guess, in a way, because it's like, oh, yeah, Zach's like um, Zordon was like a father figure to us. And then it's like Billy's trying to bring him back. And it's like, OK, well, why, why don't you try bringing back Trini then? Y- you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of weird. Just kind of a weird thing, man. Whew. And I've just been talking. I don't know if that peaked the microphone. My bad if I screamed in your ear holes right now. But anyway, so those are kind of like general points I had about the special. Um, Like I said at the beginning, I like the special. I thought it was cool. Um, it's definitely the first of its kind. It's hard to compare it to other anniversary specials that we've had before because it is the first of its kind where it's a proper, like, not sequel, but a returns, you know, it's like the equivalent to a Sentai Returns movie where it's like 10, 20 years later and it's just like picking up where these characters left off. Um... And speaking of which, like where these characters left off, it's cool (laughs) that they included Tanya in the machine thing. But I really feel like we could have had a throwaway line with acknowledging that she was there because she is the only person of this group of cast members who did not get to come back for this. And obviously... It makes sense because she was a Zeo cast member. She was on, you know, the last 20 seconds of MMPR. But 
still she was still she still shared the screen with everyone else that was in this special at some point so i i don't know it would have been nice to instead of like when they're in the moon palace and they like are looking at the machine with all the captured rangers and all that instead of cat like kind of like looking at tommy and being like oh tommy tommy um she could have seen that tanya was there and then she could be like oh my god they got they got tanya too and you know just like kind of like a a little acknowledgement so that way because you know everyone there knows who tanya is well except for well I, i guess now zach would know who tanya is but yeah that was just kind of an another weird little nitpick um now they might not have known because they probably um got those props together super last minute and they probably had written everything um at that point so yeah that's a possibility as well uh also uh just kind of another just a little detail that could have kind of amplified the threat because like the threat was very self-contained um which i guess makes sense but i feel like it, it, it was weird because like the narrative was saying that it was kind of a global threat but it also felt felt very self-contained and i feel like they could have fixed that with um just a couple like other rangers fighting on screen now i I understand they wanted to keep the special mighty morphin focused because it's in the name (laughs) and so they probably didn't want to bog down you know the casual audience or whatever with a bunch of different ranger suits you know it's, it's amazing we got you know the the lightning figures on the time portal or whatever um just kind of acknowledging the lar- the larger universe, but I feel like it kind of would have been a little bit more impactful of, uh, and um, just kind of illustrate the the level of threat that is happening if we got to see like other ranger teams fighting in different places against the Putty Patrol. You know, just to kind of get an idea. Obviously, it didn't have to be like a bunch. Um, I feel like you could have just put a ragtag you know, a bunch of suits on screen, probably the beast morphers ones, since those are probably still on the fridge or however, or wherever you keep leather suits. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you would put them in the fridge. I'm just, I'm thinking of like to stop them from cracking. Um, but yeah, I would think like you could do like a little thing, like a little quick little fight scene with the beast morpher suits. Um, the dino, no, the dino charge suits wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, but maybe the Megaforce suits or something. I don't know. I feel like you could have gotten like a handful of suits just to kind of like illustrate the level of threat better um, because we only do see the MMPR Rangers fighting. Um, And so it is just kind of random when you just cut and it's like, oh yeah, we wait. Uh, We captured all these other Rangers and stuff. So. Um, But yeah, yeah. Yeah. that that part that part was cool. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of other stuff. I mean, it was cool that they were lightning figures. Um, they were just covered up the joints a little bit. Pretty sneaky. Um, 
I think that's like the first time a Hasbro toy has actually made it into a Ranger production now. So because the morpher they the Beast X morpher they made in Beast Morphers did not look like the toy. Um, yeah, they haven't really used the toys as props. Really, they've been using the Japanese ones. Even in the special, they were using the legacy <laughs> morphers, which I thought was pretty funny. I get why, because they look they look more substantial for the screen. That and the lightning one is kind of it's a more fun toy than a prop. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I I had a fun a fun time with the special. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was cool seeing everyone back. It, I wish we. I wish it could have been longer. I really wish this thing could have been like an hour and a half. I felt like it could have been. I don't know why it had to be fifty five minutes. That's such an oddly specific amount of time, and I feel like an extra fifteen minutes or thirty minutes could have done some really cool stuff. Especially with Adam and Aisha, because I felt like they got they got screwed really hard in the special. Like they got to be, you know, we got to learn a cool lore bit about them, seeing that they're involved in SPA, which is, from my understanding, supposed to be a pre-established organization to SPD. But I mean, doesn't really fit because SPD establishes that it's a thing all the way in the early 2000s. So you could kind of just kind of look at it as kind of like a sister organization type of thing. So we got a fun little bit, you know, seeing that Adam and Aisha are like helping SPD out with the Trubian invasion and all that stuff. But um, yeah, man, we just kind of see them on a on a video call. And then they show up like at the end and it's just like, all right, cool. Um, the, the shrunken Rangers are on our ship. We're going to take them to Aquatar to fix them, which I thought was cool. Um, taking them to Aquatar to, <laughs> to not have Tommy, Kim and Jason there. So um, yeah. Another thing. Now we're getting to like the random bits and bobs that I remember to talk about because I've talked about my my six points or whatever. Um, really funny. They tried. I feel like they tried matching the voices for Kimberly and they definitely pulled stock audio for for JDF for Tommy um, because he was I actually can tell like that some of that stuff was from uh dimensions in danger i think so which is good um I, i'm glad they are using what they have because that makes it sound better but with jason for whatever reason they were like hasbro was not even trying a little bit to be associated with austin st john because the little tribute thing at the end just kind of has his face like you get barely a side profile if that and they they really are trying very hard to not focus too hard on him uh because 
the uh whoever was doing it that was like that was like a dimensions in danger dub or not dimensions in danger what am i thinking grid connection yeah i feel like maybe it was one of those people who did you know some of the other rangers that weren't austin although austin didn't even sound like jason and grid connection so you know whatever uh and that, that is a fair point, Ray. Ray in the chat mentioned that Adam kind of had the spotlight in Once a Ranger. And that's a fair point. You know, Adam definitely had his time to shine, but Aisha could have gotten a little something-something, uh, especially, you know, considering the last time we saw her. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, comparing this to other specials is a little difficult because of it. it's kind of its own beast. So I feel weird kind of comparing it to like Once a Ranger and Legendary Battle and Dimensions in Danger because those are also very different and they're trying to do different things. I feel like all of those things are trying to show. I feel like they're like previous anniversary specials just kind of. Like, I like them because, like, more people are involved and it just kind of shows the, camar the camaraderie between all the different Ranger teams after their time as Rangers is over. And I think that's cool, you know, to see, like, all these different Rangers, like, interacting with each other after their time as Rangers. But I think this, this thing, this special, did a really good job of celebrating it in a more concise way because it was it acknowledged all of the groundwork that has been laid out in the last 30 years and we see the mighty morphin rangers built in the world that was created because of them and i think that's that's really cool because that celebrates that's a different way of celebrating the legacy than this you know the show usually does um and i definitely appreciate it just seemed more genuine especially especially in other you know specials where we just have a bunch of solo suits just kind of standing there um and they don't really talk or do anything meaningful so yeah man um so yeah i can't really like rate it in terms of like do i think it's better than once a ranger because like Once a Ranger is still, I think, my favorite anniversary special, you know, celebrating the franchise in the way, you know, that we had been used to. Uh, so, like, I think it's a little bit better than Dimensions in Danger and Legendary Battle and all of them. People will disagree with that, apparently. That's a popular opinion to have now that Once a Ranger is awful, um, which is weird. But... Um, but yeah, uh, the, this the once and always is very much its own thing. So I don't really feel comfortable, um, you know, ranking it with those previous attempts at an anniversary special. I will say for what it was, for what it was attempting to do, I think it I think it succeeded, and um, especially when it was trending for the first week, I thought that was really cool. I'm really hoping that's a that's a show of good faith for um, maybe future installments of this, especially with all the groundwork that they've set up with men 
Um, you know, I thought all the stuff with men was cool and it, the special definitely made me intrigued to see what happens with her, what can happen with her. Um, and we can build off like a whole new series, uh, kind of based off this special. And I kind of like the idea of kind of beginning this transition time for the mighty Morphin cast where they kind of take up the mentorship mantle and uh, kind of pass on the powers. I don't think they'll pass on the powers completely ever yet, but maybe someday they will. Uh, For now, I think it's cool that we kind of like have a fresh face among the mighty Morphin team to just kind of for fans to kind of like get to know. And, um, you know, hopefully like men and shows up maybe in cosmic fury. Um, maybe she snuck her way in there somehow. I don't know. Uh, I'm really hoping Adam and Aisha show up in cosmic fury since they were not in once and always that much. I kind of hope that's kind of what they were doing and busy filming. Because they were there, the, I think, the same amount of time as, you know, Walter, David, Kat, and uh, Charlie were. So, I don't know. I feel like they I feel like they w- were all there at the same time. So, I feel like they could have been doing something. So, yeah, man. That was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. And I think I talked, to, I talked about it for nearly as long as the special was. See? Look at that. I told you guys I could talk all freaking day about this special. Um, Yeah, man. It was really cool. Um, Really hoping we get something more from it. It'd be really cool to see. I hope Hasbro recognizes that we want that. Uh, But yeah, man. Uh, I think that's about it. My mouth's getting a little dry because I haven't... Running my mouth for 50 minutes. But yeah, man. Uh, let me know your guys' thoughts uh, on Once and Always, even though it's been a couple months. I'm still curious uh, what other people's, uh, you know, critiques are of it and all that. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, reminder that if you miss the podcast on Fridays, the following Saturday, it will be uploaded and available on Spotify, Apple Music, and where Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcast. I messed up the plug, but it will be there. Um, I try to have it up as quickly as as possible. I it, it going up is dependent on how quickly YouTube feels like processing the episode. So. That can vary. Um, But yeah. So is there something else I wanted to mention? Oh, yes. The channel. Okay. So the channel, we are, as of right now, let let me refresh the page to make sure I'm getting the most accurate number. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the channel is at 993 subscribers, which... I'm so stoked about that, dude. You have no freaking idea. I am so stoked about it. Uh, seven people away from a thousand, which is a number I have been close to on this channel for years, dude. Years. And 
if we can get there. Like, I thought I wasn't going to be able to get there until the end of July. But I'm thinking we might hit it before the end of this month now. So, I don't know, man. I'm really freaking stoked. If I'm going to be so excited if, if we hit it by next week. Or I'm just going to be excited when we hit it. Okay? So, if you are not subbed to the channel, to the YouTube channel already, check it out. YouTube.com slash RollyJCo in case you're listening to this on Spotify or any of the other podcast places. Um, but yeah, man, uh, once we get there, that'll be a giant hurdle. I am, am going to be so proud to finally get over. Um, obviously like the number is not, the number is a big deal and it's not the, just because of like what it means I can do. Cause you know, th- that is a factor towards um, becoming a YouTube partner again and like all that stuff. And I think that stuff, having access to stuff like that motivates me to continue doing this and continue talking about stuff every week. So yes, um, the, the numbers, they're not that big a deal. Cause I'm still going to make stuff regardless of what the numbers are, but um, it just, the, the better those numbers are just the more encouraged I feel in that I'm doing the right thing in terms of like creating what I want to create. So yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stop now. Cause I, now I'm just like talking. So anyway, Oh my God. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in tonight, guys. Uh, thank you so much for chilling out with me. Catch you next week for another Friday Night Chill.